What's going on everybody? This is Eric Elliott here from Refocus Nutrition back with another podcast of the Refocus Nutrition podcast. I am here in Chestermere, Alberta with my co-host Riley. Say hi to everyone, Riley. No? Okay. Um, yeah, Riley's just enjoying a nice long day on the couch from the minus 26 weather, so he's not going out for walks. So he's here laying with me uh, as we record this one on a Monday afternoon. Um, this week, guys, we're going to do something a little bit different um, instead of just doing a regular podcast that just talks about one topic for 20 minutes on end. We're going to kind of go over a couple of different topics cause just because uh, there's been a lot of questions I've been getting um, that have been a lot of the same questions over and over and over again that I kind of wanted to go over um, all at once so that we could kind of hit the nail on the head and and leave them in the past, if you will. Um, so with that being said, guys, before we get started on the frequently asked questions, I want to take the time to talk to you guys about and ask about uh, any guests that you'd like me to have on, but also open up the opportunity for you guys to leave me a rating and review. It's super helpful. Um, like I said, we had some guests that we're going to be getting on towards the later uh, end of the month in February um, that I'm super excited about and I want to talk to you guys about. But it's super important that we share this podcast with as many people as you can um, so that we can help make it grow and help help get the message we're trying to talk about here um, to as many people as humanly possible. So guys, without further ado, uh, I'll talk to you guys about these frequently asked questions. So let's start on the first one. Um, and it's kind of a vague question, but it's the one that I think I get the most because food today has been has become so paralyzing with what we are are not supposed to eat. Um, there's so many of us that think we know what we're supposed to eat, um, and we divide everything into good foods, bad foods, and all of that under the sun. I think I've talked about this on other podcasts as well, but it's super important that we don't put anything with a category as a good food or a bad food. Um, there's nothing good or bad about certain foods. There may be a food may or may not be more nutrient dense, but there's no such thing as a good food because good food is relative to every single individual. Um, I'll always talk about like avocados, for example, are a very nutrient dense food. There's a lot of times if you look up foods high in X, Y, or Z, um, usually avocados are the ones that keep showing up over and over and over again. With that being said though, like if you, if, if getting through an avocado is the worst thing for you, like if you hate them, <clears throat> like me, um, you don't need to eat them. Like you can get by in life without guzzling down an avocado a day. It just, you have to actually figure out other foods that do fit into your lifestyle and also are going to bring some of those same vitamins, minerals, and fiber that that avocados do, right? So that's just a good example. Like, it doesn't need to go into your day just because it's a good food, right? Like, if there are, there are also instances, like, when it comes to, like, Greek yogurt has a lot of, you know, good qualities for it. Like, sure, it's high in protein, um, it's high in probiotics, but... If you can't handle dairy in any way, shape, or form, just because it's a good food doesn't mean you're missing out. It just means you have to get some of those minerals and and nutrients from another source. Like so, 
don't think about what is and what isn't a good food. All foods are good foods. Like, all foods have some sort of benefit to them. Even if it's a sleeve of our Oreos, guys, like, start to think about why you want what you want um, when it comes to food, guys. Because, like, I assure you that you're not just eating Oreos or a slice of cake or whatever because you hate yourself or they're, or like you just like the taste. There's probably another reason, right? Like for cake, for example, almost all the time, like no one, typically I should say, no one's just buying cake to have it on a regular day. Um, I say typically because my girlfriend and I have made a vow that we're going to, um, that we're going to buy a cake and eat it right off the platter. But going back to that, guys, most people buy cakes for birthdays, right? So... I think that, like, when you have that, um, you should be celebrating those moments, right? Like, the cake is bringing you something that you want. It's not bringing, it's not, it's not, like, something to be ashamed of. It's nothing that, like, it's bringing you happiness with, with the people that you're there with. So, like, maybe it's not bringing, like, a lot of vitamin D or C or whatever other minerals, but it's, it has, it serves a purpose in your lifestyle. So, taking it out would be counterproductive for sure. Um, so, guys, that's kind of where I think when it comes to, you know, good foods versus bad foods and what are good foods to eat. I don't think there's anything bad or good to eat. I think that everything has its place. I mean, like, I, I keep saying this over and over and over again, but what we're trying to go after here, guys, is a balanced approach, right? Like, we want meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch and a little bit of sugar sometimes um do that more often than not and you're going to be in a really good spot so this question comes from bailey yeats who's a former client of mine and she says how do i make my fitness and nutrition work harmoniously for example when you exercise for three days and have a rest day what are the best foods to eat on your rest day and what are those foods doing to your body this is a very good question um it's kind of it's kind of like two parts. The second part is almost a topic in and of itself. Um, this one that I get as a frequently asked question a lot, I'm going to address it just because um, even if Bailey wasn't directly asking that, there's a lot of people that do ask about it. And it's the idea of rest days, right? So people are often under the impression that you know they should be eating um, different macros or less calories on their day off because they're not exercising. And I get it, like it, it rationally, it kind of makes sense. Like you're not, you're not doing as much energy, so therefore you're, you should be eating less. I'm not totally against the idea, but um, what I say, when I say totally against the idea, I would want calories to be equal. Um, so what I mean by that on the weekly basis, if say we had 20,000 calories for the entire week, as long as that stays the same, now, I wouldn't want you to, from a performance perspective, I wouldn't want you to, on your days off, have less food, and then your training days have the same amount of food, because you're leveraging the next day's performance if you're giving yourself less energy. At the end of the day, guys, that's what calories are, um, and very few times do we actually sit here and equate what calories are. If we asked, you know, 9 out of 10 people what, what they thought calories were, um, they would probably say like they're something that makes you fat or they're they're evil or something like that. They really aren't. They're just a form of energy that our body converts um, to use 
through exercise, walking, all that kinds of stuff. Um, so there's no, there's nothing to say that we should be having less on our rest days because if you are putting less in, that means you can't go as far the next day. It would be like, you know, doing a cross country road trip and say for two days straight, you drove, you know, dead straight and then you wanted to take one whole day off. So from there, you just put less gas in the tank. Well, that's fine. You weren't using the car that day, so you don't really need to put much gas in the tank to fill it up, right? But what happens when you get back on the road the next day? There's less gas, right? There's less gas that you have to go to get where you want to go. So what do you have to do? You have to fill it up farther again. That's the exact same thing that happens with your body, guys. You're putting less energy in there, and you're therefore leveraging tomorrow's workout for what you did today. So that's where I kind of sit on rest day uh, nutrition, if you will. Um, if you want to change some of the macronutrient profile around, um, you definitely could. Like her question about you know what it does to your body, um, Charles Pro Charles Poliquin would always say you know earn your carbs. So on days where you're not training, you know upping your fats and and down regulating your carbs is not the worst idea. I definitely think it has some merits there as well. Um, but with that being said, guys, we're talking about like net negligible amounts of body fat that you may or may not gain depending on your insulin sensitivity. So I really don't think it's worth throwing things around, especially if you're someone that is like, gets a little bit neurotic about tracking your foods and things like that. Um, I think you're just better off to stick with something that you know is going to, to work and keep continuing that way rather than like trying to figure out different re different macros for different rest days and different days in general in the week. So another one I think I have a, a here quite a bit is how much protein do I need and how do I increase my protein? These are two questions I probably get. If you're not already working with me, it's the first one of the first questions I get. Um, and if you are working with me, the second question, how do I increase my protein is probably one of the first ones we get. Um, as we start working together. The reason for that being is people kind of vastly underestimate how much protein they actually should be taking in in a day, depending on their goals, right? So if you're just someone that has, you know, you're not lifting weights, you just kind of want to live and, and do whatever, you know, you might go on some hikes here and there. That's cool. Like you're, you don't need that much protein, but um, the benefits are there to have the amount of protein that we suggest. So the suggestion I usually go with um, is between 0.8 grams and 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Um, now that can vary uh, where that is on that sliding scale. First off, it, it just, I want to meet people where they're at when we first start working together. So, you know, if you're someone that, you know, you're 140 pounds and you have a hard time getting over a hundred grams on your intake, I'm not going to try and get you on one gram per pound of body weight in the first week. I'm just not like it's, I know it's going to be a losing battle. And for the first time, for the first few weeks of us working together, I don't want us to be like fighting back and forth about how to get more protein in. Cause it's just not, it's important. But at the same time, I just don't think that I want to start you on a losing battle. So with that being said, we start you on the like the lower end on point eight if we can, and then work our way up from there. Um, there's always things we can do to increase along the way. Now on the other end of the spectrum, like if someone who's really cares about um, their performance end of things, 
I want to start them close as possible to one gram, um, just because if they're if they're shedding a little bit of body fat, keeping as much muscle as possible is super important. So that's the other reason that if someone's cutting, I would go at least one gram per pound of body weight, but maybe even one point two, because I want to, I want to use that um, that to hold on to the, like I said, the amount of muscle that we already have. But not only that, I think that in that position, protein can have a little bit of a thermogenic effect. So what that means is it's actually burning calories through the eating process. So using that, I think we could actually, you know, create some more of a caloric burn just through increasing our protein needs while we're actually while we're actually in a diet or a caloric deficit. The last one I will say kind of just as an offhand um, conversation in terms of how much protein um, people need. The older you get, generally the better or the the more protein you're going to have to need. So you're you're gonna have to get closer to that one to one point two ratio. The reason for that being is your rate of protein synthesis just simply goes down. Um, so I I'm only I'm twenty four or I like to say twenty four and three quarters. Um, when I'm this age, I suck up protein, it pretty good. So that's a you know that's what protein synthesis means. It's, it's your body's ability to utilize the amount of protein that you're putting in your body. So I can get most of my, like most of the protein that I actually put into my body, I actually get, right? So like things, whether I'm eating it through like protein bars or protein shakes or whatever, I can generally get the amount of protein that I need almost per gram the younger I am. But as I get older, that source of protein matters a lot more. So as I get to be into my 30s and my 40s, my ability to take in protein from sources like protein bars, you know, um, protein shakes, all that kind of stuff, things that don't have as such a high uh, amino acid profile, um, I'm going to have a harder time getting the amount of protein from there. And I need it more from sources that our whole food and have a lot a, a very amino acid rich environment so things like red meats chickens things like that um that i'm going to be able to get a lot of my nutrients from that gets super important as you get older um and you're also you know, like your your ability to hold on to muscle as you get older gets harder too so that's super important to keep in your lifestyle now, that takes us to the second part of the question, or I guess the first part of it when I asked it earlier, is how do I increase my protein? So that's a very good question. The first simplest answer is usually for me to just say, straight up, just increase the size of your meat portions. Um, like that's, that's easily the easiest way to do it, just because most meats are like very, very dense in protein. If you're someone that likes chicken and you're having like only 200 grams of chicken a day, have another 100 grams if you can. Um, same with like beef or any of the other meats. You're not going to get sick doing it. Um, it's going to increase it. And like if you're someone that was having, you know, those 200 grams of, of chicken across three meals, you don't really have to increase it by that much. Like 33 grams of chicken more per meal is a big step for you. And that's going to add another, you know, 20 to 30 grams of protein per day. So that's a big step. Um, there's a couple other ways to do it. Obviously, like supplementing is the is the way that you know can happen for sure. Um, there's a reason it's called a supplement because you're supplementing.
protein. But we'll get to that in our last question of the FAQ. Um, but that's one way to do it. You can supplement with like a whey or a casein protein powder. Um, there is also like a beef protein powder. I know we saw it at CrossFit Mirai. Um, it is the Paleo Ethics brand. So that one is equally as fine as well. Um, and it's good for people who don't do well with dairy. Who that? I mean, that encapsulates a lot, a large portion of the population. So that works out well too. Um, things like bars are okay. I I like to say don't rely on them, but at the same time, if it means you getting closer to your actual goal, that's a good result as well. Um, and then the, my advice, my advice for people who are struggling too is. The same that I'll give for like vegan clients. Try to make sure that nothing you eat is devoid of protein and has nothing. So what I mean by that is like things like white rice are going to have, sure they have their nutrient, you know, uh, reasoning why we would include them, but they don't have basically any protein. Um, whereas another starch, say like potatoes or something like that, or even oats really, like they have some protein in it. It's not going to be perfect, but it starts it starts to add up. Like you want all of these small things to to slowly add up over the day so that when you get to it, um maybe you won't have to have as many meat portions, but there's other things that are in your day like beans, nuts and seeds, things like that, cheeses. All these things quickly add up to the point where, you know, at the end of the day you don't have to eat three chicken breasts to get your protein goal. That to me, I think is the most manageable solution because I know that, um, like I'll use the chicken breast example, like for sure, it's it's probably the least palatable one. Like it's the thing, the thing that pr- fills you up really, really well, um, which helps if you're dieting, but not so much if like, if for ever any other reason, you know, you just don't feel like eating. Um, try to get them in vegetables and things like that too. Like in in uh, like broccoli is for example is going to be fairly high in protein per serving it's just the problem is you just can't eat a ton of it so that kind of leads us into our last question that i have for the frequently asked questions and that's supplements what supplements do i need how many supplements should i get all that kind of stuff um so that's a really it's a good question but it's one i i wish i didn't get as much as i did um or as much as i do if you re- recall or have ever seen my nutritional um, pyramid, uh, I think I've posted it on social media a couple of different times. But what it is, is it's basically a pyramid and it's got like stages for development or uh, where you are at as in your nutritional journey. So the bottom is macronutrients. So that is everything. It's, it's the energy balance that we're talking about. And then we have things like micronutrients, meal timing, hydration. And then at the very top, we have supplements. And I know in Renaissance Periodization's um, diet book, I think their first edition, they said that it was accountable for about 5 to 10% of dietary success. And that's probably about right. Like it really, really doesn't matter that much what you're supplementing with. Um, there's just not that much out there that you need to. If If you're eating a diet that is properly... Um, nourished with as many vitamins and minerals and has, is rich in whole foods and all of that those measures you just you don't need you know your your household filled with supplements and your gym bag having like three or four pre-workouts all that kind of stuff 
Um, there's, there's just really no need for it. Um, but with that being said, guys, there's a couple things that I do recommend, a couple things that I tell people to try to stay away from as much as possible. So the first one is, um, is definitely going to be, like I said, the whey protein powder that, that helps. Um, if you're someone that just has a hard time getting protein in, um, that's something that post-workout, it's going to be great. You can have, you know, 25 grams typically is what it's going to be for one serving. And that's going to be get that's going to be a number that's going to help get you to where you need to be um, so that you can hit your protein goal all the time. Um, if that's something that you do rely on once a day and maybe even twice a day on some on the off chance, then that's golden. Like that's, that's exactly what we need to get there. The second one, and this is one I've kind of recommended to a couple of new clients um, or a couple of clients recently is creatine monohydrate. Um, so creatine monohydrate got a bad rap for a number, I don't want to say a number of years, but it could be a number of years or even months. Anytime that anyone comes to me and asks about it, they, they are under that impression. It's almost like they just, they aren't quite educated enough to know what it is. But what people are asking and they think is like, is this going to make me bulky or bloated? It's going to make me hold water. And it, it, it isn't. Um, that's not what it's for, but what it's going to help you do is it's going to help you recover a lot more, a lot better, um, especially if you are in the CrossFit space. Your endurance is just going to be a tad, if not more than a tad better. Um, that's my scientific way of saying it's going to improve. Um, it's definitely going to help in that realm. And there's actually been a lot of research around the idea that, you know, people that it's good for mental clarity and people are starting to use it actually for things like um, PTSD and things like that um, and post-concussive symptoms to help alleviate that. Um, so I think there's more literature to become, but um, it is one of the most safest and actually like well-researched um, products out there. And the best part about it too is that it's so uh, so undervalued that it's almost dirt, like it's almost a steal when you walk into a supplement store and get it. Um, some people know about it, but like like I said, too many people are thinking about the the buffing or the um, bloating effects of it, and it just isn't that way. Um, so if that's something you want to use for performance benefits, go for it as well. Um, and then a probiotic is something that I would also supplement with. It's just going to help you with good gut health. Generally, the ones that I recommend to people are um, basically anything that has 10 billion CFUs uh, with multiple strands in it is a decent one to start off with. And then lastly, my, my other one is like a good vitamin D supplement. Um, the reason vitamin D is that it is actually a precursor for steroid hormone. Um, so it's actually really, really good for building muscles within the body. Um, and it's not something that we get in a lot of foods, so it's hard for us to get it in the quantities that we need, especially if you live in Canada or North America and you're living in this, like I said, minus 26 weather right now without the ability to you know, get out in the sun. Um, we just aren't getting the amount of vitamin D that we need. Um, in the summer when we're, you know, we're at, our skin's actually exposed to the sun, we definitely are, but there's just not that many times where we are anymore like that. Um, so it's super important that you get on that. It's, again, a pretty cheap supplement from the store. 
Uh, you can get it at any pharmacy. You're looking for vitamin D3, and you're looking for 2,000 IUs at least to start with per day. Um, that is pretty much for the ones I recommend to start off with. There's other ones for sure that if you're deficient or you're having other issues like gut, gut health issues, um, hormonal issues, etc., that I recommend for people as we get going. But those are the ones I start off with before anything else, and then we kind of build upon them in the future, if that makes sense. So um, that's where we go from there, guys. Uh, with that being said, um, what I would also say that I would step away from and not recommend is things like a pre-workout if you just don't need it. Like pre-workouts are, are fine um, if they are sourced correctly. They also, like, I just don't know if I trust the supplement industry that well. There has been studies in past years that um, some pre-workouts were linked to being as close to methamphetamine as, you know, just being one chromosome away. So really, like, I'm not I'm not crazy about them. If you could stick to just a cup of coffee, um, that would be great. If you need to have pre-workout every single time you're going to work out, I question whether you're mentally motivated enough to actually work out. And then I question why you aren't motivated enough if you have to have if you have to take an a an upper um if you will every single time you work out there's something else that's going on um that I would likely look to try to address first um but like i said cup of coffee is going to be just as effective and much more safe um for doing that so guys, that is it for frequently asked questions on this podcast. There is probably going to be another time when I'm doing this when I'm going to do another frequently asked questions. Um just because there's so many questions I get often and a lot of them are the same. Um so this is a way for those people to get their answers, but also um if you're someone who's listening to this and you you had some of these questions yourself and we're just too afraid to an- ask them, um I'm going to be able to give them to you in an open format like that. If you have any questions and you would like answered now that you know that I will be doing these kinds of podcasts, please reach out to me to either DM, comment on my Instagram when I share this, um, and we will make sure that I include that, that your question in the next podcast to answer. That's it for me, guys. That's it for another week of the Refocus Nutrition Podcast. I hope you have an awesome week. I can't wait for it to warm up here in Chestermere. Um, take care and have a good rest of your week.